Turn with me to John chapter number 5 this evening, the book of John chapter number 5, and uh, we'll get started in the Word of God. I'll be honest with you, how many of you have seen just absolutely amazing, marvelous things that just made you say, wow? It's just amazing whenever you go, to, you, go, you go to New York City. I've been up to New York City. New York City, yes. Uh, the reason why, why would you go to New York City? To watch the Yankees, praise God, win a ball game. Amen. I got two people in this section that say amen to me right there. Everybody else just left me, praise God. But uh, I've already been told about this, about the, my suit, my jacket. It's uh, my, my uh, tie, red and black, needs to turn to blue and gold or black and gold or something like that. Uh, but I'm not sure. Some of you, I'm just causing divisions and problems right now. But, uh, but so thankful that we see things that just make us marvel. And to be honest with you, uh, the things that make you marvel is amazing to me. I, I'll be honest with you, the things that make uh, one generation marvel doesn't make anybody else marvel a bit. I'll be honest with you, it's amazing. I, I love my dad. He's my best friend, man. I, I, I just enjoy getting to spend time with Don Roy. I'm thankful that God gave me to Don and Janice that I can be able to be. You say, why are you bragging on him? He's not here, so don't worry, we're not bragging on that. But uh, they're singing, praise God, for the glory of God. But uh, you marvel, he marveled at a lot of things. He said, I will never forget, Shane, when, you, when, when I was just a boy, I'll never forget the day that I walked up to a door at a convenience or grocery store, and the doors just went whoosh. And I said, Dad, really? He said, I thought that was only something that was just uh, um, uh, in the movies, just something that was in the television shows. Those were things that were not, you know. And then I started telling my kids about things that made me marvel. I mean, I'll be honest with you, the things that I marveled at was uh, 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 just enjoying great times that we had. And, and the, my kids, I'd tell them, you know, we didn't have the things that y'all had when we go on trips and when we go on road trips. Uh, we don't have... Uh, tablet, tablets, we don't have iPads, we didn't have those things. We had to make our own way to entertain ourselves. Uh, anybody playing those games like counting cows and if you pass a graveyard, all your cows die and all that sort of thing? I'm showing my age. Yes. Uh, but you, you have those things, and, then, and they were just uh, amazing. And to be honest with you, my favorite pastime, really, truly, was just being a nuisance to my sisters. <laughs> and to be honest with you, it never gets old. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm amazed that we look at this scripture. As you begin to look at John chapter number 5, look at verse number 1 with me. We'll read a few, ver- few verses there. And then after we get into those verses, we'll go we'll skip a little bit and read in some more verses. The Bible says this, And after this, there was a great feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Glory to God. Hallelujah. For an angel went down to the certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Look with me, turn real quickly for the sake of time, verse number 16, down in Luke chapter, or John chapter number 5. And the Bible says this, verse 16, And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to lay him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. 
Therefore the Jews sought more to kill him. Because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. May I say this? Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We serve a Savior that is God Almighty. Then verse number 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth. These also doeth the Son likewise. Look at verse number 20. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these. Look at the reason that ye may marvel. Boy, the God that we serve is an amazing God. The God that we serve is a God that causes much marvel, gives me much reason to to just step back and say, wow. But God did a lot of things, and Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came to this earth and spent many a times doing things that made people just step back and say, wow. Wow. And I wonder, when's the last time that you've really truly marveled at the move of God? When you're marveling at the move of God, when God really truly moves, does it make you really step back in awe and say, what a mighty God that we serve. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, I pray you'd just touch us tonight, God. Lord, I pray that you'd use the message, God, that I know that you've laid on my heart. God, I pray that you'd, uh, Lord, let us communicate it to the people that are supposed to hear, God, the words that they're supposed to hear. Lord, if you don't show up, if the Holy Spirit of God doesn't show up, God, there'll be no preaching done. And God, we beg you, God, that you just have your will and way. God, we thank you for the singing, God, for what we've already felt. It's been amazing to be able to see these young people, God. And thank you for the blessings of those young people at this church. God, thank you for those staff members that are able, God, to to help. Lord, thank you for our pastor, God. I pray that you'd touch him, use him. Lord, I pray that you'd protect him, God. Lord, I love you and I praise you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. So when I look through these verses, I begin to see, well, what in the world is it possibly that would make us marvel? How can we marvel at something so amazing uh, uh, that uh, happened? Well, I'll be honest with you. My uh, most uh, marvelous thing that ever happened to me is the day I got saved. And I believe that some people could say amen to that. Because the day I got saved was an amazing day. Six-year-old little boy over at Friendship Baptist Church. Like I said all the time, I didn't come. I didn't go that day. Uh, to be able to be saved. I didn't go because I didn't know I had any problems, to be honest with you. You know, I was raised nine months before I was born. I was going to church just like pastor does uh, or did. Uh, I was going out and doing uh, singing with my family. And then I thought, man, if, if anybody's saved, I, I guess I, I ought to be because, you know, if you can earn it. But then all of a sudden the preacher reared back on that Friday night, Brother Tom. And told me that it wasn't of works. And I couldn't do it because of what I was, who I was kin to. <laughs> but I had to get hooked up with somebody else. <laughs> I had to get born into another family. And God touched me that night. Saved my soul and glory to God. I've not been looked back. I've not looked back ever since. Glory to God. It's been great to be able to be a child of God. To be able to be a, a one that is called of God. To be able to preach the gospel. And, and it's wonderful to be able to see marvelous things. But I've also seen miracles take place. 
seen miracles in my family. I've seen miracles take place uh, in people that I've been praying for. And to be able to see those miracles take place absolutely makes you know, I I need to marvel at how great God has really truly been. But in this text, we begin to see something. First thing that we see is we see the plight of man. See, this man was helpless. This man couldn't do anything of himself. He was not only helpless, he was hopeless. There's nothing that he could do. He could not move himself or move himself fast enough. If you read through the rest of the story, and I know that you are very familiar with this scripture because uh, everyone looks through John chapter number 5, and the, John's one of the most popular books, I probably I believe. Uh, and the plight of that man or that situation that he was in, for 38 years, he was not able to go and to bring himself to that pool. The waters were troubled. And right before he was able to get into the, the pool, the, somebody else would step in. Isn't it just like, that's, that's, my, that's the way my life has been, to be honest with you. What, what is it my dad said? A day late. Hey, y'all's dad told you that too, praise God. A day late and a dollar short always seem to be that way. And, and, and I, I feel like, you know, every step of the way, I'm, I'm just trying to be one step ahead, one step ahead. And then I, I figured that I'm three steps back. But, but, but this man could not do anything of himself. He had this plight that his situation was, was unable to do anything about it. But I can see myself, Brother Landon, in this man. To be able to see that there was nothing that I could possibly do to help myself. And there was nothing that you could do to help yourself as far as salvation goes. But glory to God that a Savior came down from heaven. <laughs> Died on a cross that we might live. Praise God. Got up from a rose, got up and arose from the grave that we might also be able to live forevermore. So thankful that we serve that one. And he helps the helpless. And he gives hope to the hopeless. Glory to God. I'm not hopeless anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're not hopeless anymore because we have the hope of Jesus Christ. We have our hope in Jesus Christ. We're not helpless and hopeless because our plight has changed when we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. But not only do we see that, we see the perseverance of that man. For 38 years, he consistently was there by the pool trying to make sure that he could get in to that pool. Boy, the perseverance. Now, I'll be honest with you. Perseverance is one of those things where people train. Boy, there's the, uh, the military train people uh, uh, to, to persevere in times. They push you to the edge. They put you uh, in situations that you would think, I would never be able to come out of. But glory to God that when we are in these persevering times, and I believe that we are in a time right now where the church has to persevere. <laughs> We have to persevere during a time where people uh, do not uh, enjoy uh, uh, the things of God anymore. We're living in a time where they have put away godliness. They have put away things of God. And here we are, we're persevering for the Lord of Jesus Christ. But then also, it gives way and it opens a way to show the power of the Savior of that man. Boy, the Savior steps out. I'll be honest with you, Brother John, I believe with all my heart that when God steps on the scene, that makes all the difference. You can do all that you want to do. I I have tried. I have done. I have uh, worked. I have done all these things. And I'll be honest with you. Years ago, working in the business, trying to get a business going and trying to work hard. And and it seemed like I was just trying to do everything I could and putting in advertisements and going to every time the phone called, trying to get there and do that and all those things. And then I said, Mom, Dad, I don't know what's going on. It just don't seem like the phone's ringing. And my mama said, Well, son, I guess it's time to pray. About two weeks later, I called Mama Brother Richard. I said, stop 
praying. Boy, the power of God steps in. The power of God steps in and it's absolutely amazing when we get to see. But I want you to see just a couple things with me and we'll be out by seven. I promise you. Look with me in verse number seven. First thing that I see is the excuses of this man. I'll be honest with you. When I was a young boy, when I, I, I began to see, I, I was, hey, I was raised in the right family. I was doing the, doing the right things. I was supposed to go and, 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 and I, hey, I was, I was raised in a Christian home. Glory to God. But I went to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. We went and cleaned Saturday afternoons. Glory to God. We, we were at church all the time. And then... I went to a Christian school. Now, I'll be honest with you. Just because I went to a Christian school doesn't mean that. But I was always bathed in the Word of God. I was bathed in the right thing. I was in the right atmosphere. Brother Hartley, I got me a job. Actually, I turned 15. I told Dad. I said, Dad, it's time to get me a truck. He said, it's time to get you a job. So, he got me a job. Guess where he got me a job? Christian city. So everywhere I went, everything was all about Christ. Everything was about. And then when I went out into uh, going through there, uh, I saw so many amazing things that take place uh, that I thought, boy, I didn't think the world really lived like that. But then when I was a young boy, I said, hey, maybe I just need to give an excuse. Why, why this isn't going to work for me? Why this won't work in my life? Maybe, and I'll be honest with you, a lot of us give excuses to God. How many of you decided when God started working on you, you said, oh, well, not me, Lord. Well, well, because of this, I can't do this. Because of that, I can't go here. Because of this, I can't make this happen. But God said something different. Look, I want you to look with me real quickly in the excuses that God uh, was given, that Jesus was given. Look at this man. This man speaks to, to God. Look at, actually, I want to back up and look at verse number five. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. Now, I'm going to say this. A certain man. That means Jesus was going to see him. Glory to God. Now, there's a lot of people that were around that pool. There were a lot of people that were trying to gather around that and be the first one to get in there. But the Bible is saying that there was a certain man. Brother Earl, you remember when you were the certain man that Jesus come after. Glory to God. Or Miss Kathy, you were the certain lady that Jesus Christ came after. Glory to God. I'm glad that one day that I was that certain boy. I was that certain one that Jesus Christ said, Hey, he needs a Savior. He needs salvation. He needs his sins forgiven. Glory to God. I was a certain one that Jesus Christ came over. Glory. And in the infirmity of 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lie, verse number 6, and knew... <laughs> that he had been now a long time in that case. Mm. <laughs> he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? You look at that, the first thing that you see, that Jesus Christ saw him. <laughs> he saw me. Jesus Christ knew him. He knew. He knew me. And boy, he goes through and he asks him that question, Wilt thou me be Wilt thou be made whole? And then he goes into verse number 7, giving excuses. What are those excuses? Look with me. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, 
But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Boy, when I begin to look at that, I begin to really truly think to myself, boy, I know how he can feel. Brother Tom was just bragging just to, just to be able to say he's glad that he can say he has friends. And I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm glad that I have friends. There's people at this, sitting in this church tonight that are considered friends, that I love y'all and I, and I really appreciate y'all and I thank you so much that we can do that. But he's saying, hey, I, I have no friends. Now, I don't believe that this is one of those pity parties where somebody was saying, Nobody likes me, everybody hates me, I'm going to go eat some worms. I, I don't think that that's what he was t- telling here. He was saying, I don't have any help. I don't have anybody that cares for me. That means he probably didn't have any friends, but he didn't have any family, he didn't have anything. Whatever it was that was going on in his life, nobody cared enough <laughs> to help him. Nobody wanted to go and help him out anymore to be able to go for it. There's no, no friends that he had. And I'll be honest with you. You, you go ahead and you, you young people listen to me. And y'all did awesome. But y'all listen to me a minute. Uh, uh, the world is going to try to give you friendship, quote unquote friendship. But I can tell you that the friendship that those people are going to give you is not the friendship that the Lord Jesus Christ can give you, that the people of God will give you, that your, uh, that your youth pastor will give you, that the children's pastor that they will give to you. Boy, there's a friendship that we have, and there's no friendship like the friendship of our Savior. There's no friendship other than the friendship of Jesus Christ. Boy, when I found that friend, glory to God, I found a friend that I could lean on. I, I found a friend that I could depend upon every time. I found a friend that I knew that if there was anything that I needed to go to anybody about, I could go to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. I'm so thankful that I met him. I'm so thankful that he welcomed me into his family. I'm so thankful that he is a friend. Boy, Proverbs 18 tells us that there's a a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Oh, glory to God, I found him. I found everything that I needed. Boy, there's friends that I have, and I'm so thankful. But there's times, Dr. Harper, that I cannot look to a friend of this earth because it may be 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, and they may not answer their phone. They may not open their door. They may not uh, uh, heed their ear to be able to hear my cry. But, oh, I've got a friend, Brother Tom, that will every time that I cry out, it doesn't matter what time of the day it is or what the need is. Boy, there's friends that I've got, Brother Steve, that I know without a shadow of a doubt, they do all that they could do to help me, but they may not be able to help me. But there's a friend that I've got that does and is able, Lord, to be able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. I'm glad that we have a Savior that is a friend, that is a friend better, better than any other friend that we could possibly have. And then we look at this, look at this in verse number 7 with me. I've got no friends. I've got no favor. Boy, every time, it just seems like everything's coming down. I've got no favor. Why? Because he's, he's saying that, uh, and that there's nobody here to help me and put me in the pool. But while I'm coming, it just seems like there's somebody else that's one step ahead of me. Seems like there's always somebody else. And boy, it just seems like against all the odds, I just can't get ahead. Let's just, let's just break it down real, 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 real to the lowest denominator tonight, how many of you have really truly felt like, I just can't get ahead? Boy, it just seems like everything's going wrong. Everything seems, boy, when it's piling on, and when it be that old cliche, when it rains, it pours. And boy, it seems like everything just piles up and things go. But thank God, 
God makes the scene. God makes the change. God shows up, then something wonderful begins to happen. Uh, because I could look like the, uh, the one that steps out. Psalm chapter number 40, the psalmist says in that verse, Thou art my helper, glory to God. I've got one that can help me. I've got one that is going. And my, I love this one, deliverer. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm glad that he has delivered me from all of what uh, I, I need help with. And then we look at verse number 8. Look with me then. He look at the encounter that he has with Jesus. Now, verse number 8 is real simple. It's just a few words. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, if my, wait, wait a minute. Something that, there's so many. Yeah, praise God. So many words there. It's real simple, but the encounter with Jesus Christ is what makes it. You begin to look at how he's going through that encounter that he has. Because of the faith that he had. Because of the faith that he was showing. That birthed an experience that could take place. (laughs) An encounter with Jesus Christ. Look what it says. And Jesus saith unto him. Boy, have you ever heard the sweet Holy Spirit. (laughs) Glory to God. Just cuddle up next to you. Touch you and be able to say, hey, I I care for you. Thank God that that verse in 1 Peter is still there, that I can cast all my cares uh, upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Boy, he cares for each and every one of us. And I'm so thankful that there's a caring Savior. Boy, I've met Brother David people that really didn't seem to care about a whole lot. But thank God that when I met the Savior, he does care for me. Lord, He cares about what's going on. He cares about that that bill that you might be worried about. He cares about that medical condition that you're going through. He cares about uh, those family issues that you may be having. He cares about all of those things in your life that you think maybe nobody else cares about. There's maybe things in your life that you're worried about here tonight that nobody else even knows about. But can I tell you that there is one that knows. Glory to God. He's the same one that sticketh closer than a brother. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the one that we can have an encounter with. He's the one that cares for each and every one of us. The care of the Savior is what it's all about. But I want you to look at that next one. Now this is, we, we, we love to talk about caring, but look at the command of the Savior. Rise. Get up. Go. Pick up your bed. Go on and walk down the street. Now, I'll be honest with you, we live in a world where most people would be paralyzed by that statement. What? Don't you know that 38 years I haven't been able to do that? What makes you think I'd be able to do it now? It was the who. It's the who, it's the one that was telling him. It wasn't that he was told that, it wasn't told uh, if somebody else would have said that, but it was the loving, caring Savior of the world that commanded him to rise, take up thy bed, and walk to be able to go forth. There's been times in my life, Brother Ray, where I have known without a shadow of a doubt that God has told me to get up and to go and to be able to do this certain thing for Him. I'm thankful that I have a Savior that cares for me, but I'm so thankful that a Savior that will lead me and guide me and Direct me and command me in the ways that I need to go. Psalmist says this, that, that he says that I, I love thy statutes. I love thy law. And I'm going to delight in those laws. And I want to be able to hear those things. What's the best way for you to find out what God wants you to do? 
Get in the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Make it a daily digest in each and every one of your lives. Be able to do that. Boy, I'm thankful that we have that Savior, that experience, that encounter. And if you've not been here tonight, let me just go ahead and say this. If you've never been here or, or, or you've never had that experience, if you're here and never had that experience with Jesus Christ, I want, you to, tell, I want to tell you a couple of things. You need to realize that you are a sinner. Lost. And there's no way that you're going to be able to get to heaven in any other way than by the blood of Jesus Christ. But the wonderful thing is that we may all be sinners. We may all sit here in this room and we have one common denominator that God knew that we were all sinners. But uh, the other common denominator is this, that He died for each and every one of us. God, that excites me to know that God loved me enough. God loved me and you enough to be able to come down over 2,000 years ago and spread His arms out on a cross that He might die for you and I to pay the penalty. And thank God that we can have eternal life through Jesus Christ because He has done just that. Boy, and you just say, God, I'm a sinner and I know that you're the only way. And if thou shalt confess with thine heart and believe in thine heart and confess with thy mouth that God hath raised him from the dead. Glory to God, I'm so thankful that we can be saved through the glory of God. But then lastly, I told you we're going to be out quick. Look at number three, verse number nine, the emboldenment that it gave to him. And immediately the man was made whole. He took up his bed. Immediately, immediately, he didn't have to... Oh, help me, Lord. He didn't have to go through six weeks of physical training or physical therapy. (laughs) He didn't have to go to anybody else and say, Hey, Jesus told me this, but I want to just make sure with you. No, Uh, he, he didn't even look at anybody else and say, Do you think I ought to do this? I've been told this. Do you think I ought to? It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. But if God tells you, if God tells you to do something, then that is when you need to do it. And don't worry about what everybody else has to say. I'll be honest with you. There's been people that told me, you're crazy for doing what you're doing. You're crazy for going and doing this sort of thing. You're crazy for leading your family down this kind of path. But glory to God, I'm not stepping back. I'm not saying, hey, I regret not one thing. Praise God. Why? Because God has been good to me. God has been faithful to me. God has saved me. God has saved my wife. God has saved my children. God has touched a minute. Thank God that we're so thankful to be able to be emboldened. Why? It's not because of anybody else, but it's the word of the Savior. He said, I'm going to get out and I'm going to do what God told me to do. Hallelujah. He took action. Verse number 9. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Uh-oh. There we have the problem. The holier than thou. Remember when I told you? Better make sure that you don't worry about what other men are saying. Don't worry about what others' opinions are. If God tells you to do something, 
the holier than thou come and say, well, you shouldn't have done that. I love this one. Well, we've never done it that way. Uh Uh-oh. We've never done it that way. Well, the traditions of man will send you to hell. You can walk into a church, sit in a pew, every service, never miss a moment, not even fall asleep during the preaching. And you'll be able to still split the gates of hell wide open. But when God tells you something, when God, when you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, and when God, that's going to cause an action to take place in your life. An action that will take place more than above it. But I want you to look at the, it emboldened him, his action, but it also emboldened him with his answer. What was his answer? Look at verse number 11. Now all those holier than thou, they're telling them, now what, what is this all about? What have you done? Look at verse number 10 with me. Back up a little bit. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day and it's not lawful for you to carry thy bed. You can't do that. We're not supposed to do it that way. Look at verse number 11. He gets bold. I believe he got a dose to the Holy Spirit of God. Boldness. To be able to say, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I've gotten in trouble because the boldness of the Holy Spirit of God, to be honest with you, I've probably said some things that family members didn't like. I probably said some things that friends of mine didn't like. There's been people that don't like some of the things that we stand on, but if it's on the Word of God, Brother Richard, guess what I'm standing on? It's in the Word of God. That's what I'm going to say. The answer that he had. The answer he says, He that made me whole. (laughs) Can you say any... What else do you need to say? He that made me whole. Listen. It wasn't you that saved me. (laughs) It wasn't you that brought me up out of the miry clay. It wasn't you. You weren't the one that told me to take up my bed. It wasn't wasn't you the one that told me to get up. It wasn't you that gave me the strength in my legs to be able to get up and to be able to walk down this street. To have the strength in my hands to be able to pick up this bed and walk down the street. It wasn't you, but the one that made me whole. Glory to God. Tonight we need to stand up. We need to have some Holy Ghost emboldened people to step out on the uh, portals of eternity to be able to say and get on the rooftops and proclaim that God is the one that saved us. Jesus Christ is the only way. It doesn't matter the opinions of man. But we need those to be able to step out and say, I'm, I, my answer is true. My answer is uh, uh, going to be constant every time. That Jesus Christ is the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing. What God has called me to do, that is what I'm reason that I'm doing that. His answer is the one that made me whole. The one that same said unto me, take up thy bed. So, if you take it up with somebody, take it up with him. <laughs> I've got a great respect for a dear man of God. His name is Brother Earl Partain. Well, if you realize, Carl Partain, his father, is Earl Partain. And Brother Earl, from, from since when I was a kid, he would just... He amazed me. He always had wisdom from the Word of God. Wisdom that 
we could just trust him no matter what. I remember we were on a trip and uh, we went fishing. Y'all go fishing? Some of you. Okay. We went fishing. Mandy stepped on a fish hook. Mandy stepped on that fish hook and everybody was trying to get that fish hook out of her foot. And she said, no, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. The only person that she would let touch her was Brother Earl Partey. Why? I have no idea. Other than the fact that God gave her a trust in Brother Earl. Why? Because he was consistent with the word of God that he gave to us. But he tells me this all the time. He, he would talk to me and he says, Now, Brother Shane, tell the Lord on me. How can I say this nicely? Maybe, just maybe, instead of telling somebody else about what's going on in your life, about the whosoever or whoever that person is, maybe you shouldn't talk to them. Maybe you should talk to him about them. Tell the Lord on me. Tell, Tell God what I'm doing. If there's something that's gone, God will take care of it. God will straighten it out. Boy, the answer is there. If you've got something that's going on, if you've got a problem with what God has done or what, I have, what I'm doing, take it up with the one I'm serving. Boy, an emboldenness that God gave to this. Boy, and the people just marveled. What? This man would do what he is doing? That he would be so bold that he would... But you forget the experience that he had. I'll be honest with you, if you have an experience with God, it'll give you an emboldenment. Now I wonder tonight, though, we could close this this way. I wonder if tonight would be the night that you just say, in 2023, pastor has already been going through and was t- talking to us about how he's going to go through. What will you be in, in 23? Will you be emboldened with the Holy Spirit of God? Or is 2023 going to be the time that you need to experience God? Or are you just going to keep giving excuses? See, tonight's not the night to give excuses anymore because all the excuses have already been done away with. Why? Because we have one that's more powerful than any excuse that you could possibly get. That has the answer to every one of those excuses. I would just say, why don't, why don't we just marvel at the move of God. Say wow. That person got saved. And it moved. Heaven and earth. This person was serving Jesus Christ. And it made all the difference. In the world. Why? Because they marveled when God. Moved. How about we just say God. I, I want to see him move. I want to see something in 2023. I want to see something at the close of January. I want to see something absolutely amazing take place at Harvest Baptist Tabernacle. And God, I know that it starts with me. I wonder if anybody would be willing to say, Hey, Brother Shane, I believe it starts with me. I think we ought to just close the service out, just gather around these altars. Brother Tom, Sister Beth's going to come.